0: You're listening to Pastor Stephen G. Lightfoot's podcast, Sermons and Homilies by the Rev. Stephen G. Lightfoot. Pastor Stephen is an ordained elder in the Global Methodist Church and serves as Senior Pastor to First Methodist Church Splendora and Shepherd Methodist Church in Southeast Texas. Here is today's episode. Well, good morning. It's good to see everyone here on this third Sunday of Advent. It's hard to believe, but next Sunday is Christmas Eve. Are you there yet? You remember those road trips when you were a kid and every five minutes you'd ask mom or dad in the front seat, driving them crazy as they were driving, are are we there yet? didn't matter where you're going, if you're going to the corner store or you're going across the country, that was always what we were, that was our mantra, if you will, as we drove across country or wherever we were going, we were so excited that we couldn't, we couldn't enjoy the journey because the destination was so exciting. That's kind of the way Advent is as we're going towards Christmas Eve. Sometimes we forget to enjoy the journey. But this Sunday is all about joy. We lit the Advent candle of joy this morning. And our focus, all the scriptures that we've read up until this point have been about joy. And so our epistle this morning doesn't disappoint. It's from Thessalonians, Paul's letter, the first epistle to the church in Thessalonica. We're in chapter five. We begin at verse 16. And the first word that Paul writes is about joy. What does he say there? He says, rejoice always. Have you been full of joy with no moments outside of the realms of joy since we began this Advent journey? If you have, I want to know what you're taking <laughs> because I want some of it. See, joy can be elusive if we don't fully understand the source of it. The joy has nothing to do with happiness. They're related somewhat, but... Joy you choose, happiness, well, it just happens. You choose joy. And so Paul is reminding us in the epistle this morning, rejoice always, and here's the key, pray without ceasing. You see how those two are related. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and here's the third part, give thanks in all circumstances. Oh, come on, pastor. In all circumstances. Well, Paul says for this, all those three things put together is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's not a suggestion. It's a mandate. It's a command. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Because if you don't, you run the risk of quenching the spirit. That's the next sentence. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of prophets, but test everything hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do this. Did you catch that last sentence? The one who calls you is faithful and he will do this. You're commanded to rejoice and pray and give thanks in all circumstances, but it's not left to your own devices. God never commands us to do anything that he's not prepared to equip us to do. And so we don't have to rely on our own ability to be happy but rather we rely on Christ's ability to infuse us, what does it say? Spirit, soul, and body with joy. Thank goodness it's not up to me to be joyful. Paul's reminding us this Advent season to be of good cheer no matter what. Pray all the time and thank God no matter what happens. Now, that's a simplified way of surmising that those verses from uh, Thessalonians. But this is the way that God wants us who belong to Christ Jesus. He wants us to live. And in order to rejoice always, we have to pray without ceasing. It's a conditional statement. In order to have joy always, we must be always praying. If you go back to the original Greek in which this uh, passage was written, the translation is to pray without intermission. Everybody knows what an intermission is, right? That's the time in the play or the movie when you just can't stand it anymore. You either have to go to the restroom or you have to go to the concession stand. No more movie, no more play is going to happen until... One of those two things, maybe both, happen. There's a break. Paul says, pray without an intermission. Now, our human condition doesn't like that, does it? We like our intermissions. We like a break from the task at hand. But Paul is saying without allowing prayerless gaps to intervene between times of prayer. The idea here is that joy requires constant and continuous communion and communication with God. If we allow ourselves to become disconnected, then we allow separation from God, who is the one true source of the joy. Without that connection... There is no joy. What's more, this state of rejoicing always, regardless of the circumstances we find ourselves in, of being in constant prayer is not merely a recommendation, but as I said, it is a command. It is the will of God in Christ Jesus for how you are to live by doing these three things. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. Paul says, don't suppress the spirit. Don't stifle those who have a word from the master. In other words, don't put out the Holy Spirit fire. Don't throw cold water on those who under extraordinary inspiration of the Holy Spirit stand up to speak with tongues or reveal mysteries or pray in the congregation. Paul says, don't stifle that. That's the Holy Spirit moving amongst the people of God. We can be quick, even as the church. Does it make you uncomfortable? (laughs) Even as the church, we we tend to look at someone who's being moved by the Spirit and then try to throw cold water on it out of some sense of, that can't be the Holy Spirit. I know them. (laughs) I know them. Can't be the Holy Spirit moving. But see, the Holy Spirit is the one who moves in those who aren't equipped by equipping them. So don't be surprised if the movement of the Holy Spirit comes out of the most unlikely places you might think. On the other hand, Paul says don't be gullible either. Very practical scripture that we're reading here don't stifle the spirit by by just dismissing someone who brings forth this outpouring of the spirit out of character for who they might present themselves to be but on the other hand don't be gullible either that's why he says test everything check out everything and keep What's good, throw out everything that's tainted with evil. Paul warns us not to just blindly accept everything that we see and hear, even from churchgoers and others professing to be Christian, without testing it against what do you suppose? Scripture. Test everything against the Word of God. The Word of God is never wrong. And if something agrees with the word of God, then it's acceptable to God. If something disagrees with the word of God, you can bet that it's not scriptural. And then Paul gives us in this passage of scripture, a blessing and a promise. He says, "May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master Jesus Christ, the one who called you, is completely dependable, and if he said if he said it, then he will do it. If he said it, then he will do it. Are you with me? Turn to your neighbors and say, if he said it, it. (laughs) then he'll do it. You know, scripture is not hard. We tend to make it hard. Paul tells us to rejoice always. To rejoice always, to experience and live in joy for now in the present and forevermore to come. Now, I don't have to tell you that Advent, this season that we're in, can be emotional. If you were here in this sanctuary yesterday as the kids were receiving their presents You know that this season can be emotional, full of joy. And at the same time, we have this amazing capacity as Christians to experience all the emotions all at the same time. Joy and grief. Sorrow at the human condition that brings people in the door to receive presents for their children that they may otherwise not have joy in the giving, joy in the receiving, and grief and mourning in the circumstance that caused it to to need to happen. Ponder that for a moment. Saw a little girl yesterday receive her bag of presents. They were bigger than she was. And she was carrying them out and as she passed by, she looked up at me with this smile and I said, don't forget to get a Christmas donut on the way out. And that huge smile went ear to ear, like all this and donuts too. <laughs> right, I feel that way sometimes when I walk in and, and, and uh, Ellis brings in the kolaches. I'm thinking all of this and kolaches with jalapenos also. It doesn't get much better than that. That, that. that sense that just when I thought I had everything that that would complete me in the moment, and God in his abundance pours out even more. We saw that played over fifty six times yesterday. It's an emotional time this season that we're in. Joy for we humans is expressed in a variety of ways, one of which is emotional. But see, joy is much more than just emotion, isn't it? Joy is also an attitude. Joy is is a choice. Joy is a way of living. If practiced well, it can become a way of life. You see, in the world, in our communities, in our households, the perception is that joy is hard to find. In the world, the atmosphere out there of unrest and fear and and want, scarcity and turmoil, that atmosphere can be so thick at times you can feel its weight. I I can tell you that the weight of the attitude of the line of people waiting to get in this sanctuary yesterday was heavier than the weight that they carried out, even though their arms were full of presents. Isn't that amazing? The reality out there is that in our communities, there are people suffering through illness and anxiety and the fear that goes with it. In our our own households, some people are dealing with financial issues. Certainly the folks that were here yesterday to receive are struggling with that. There's unemployment. There may be relational issues. A lot of them are caused by the other circumstances. Emotional and spiritual issues. Some folks have a relationship with Jesus and some don't. But this Advent season, maybe more than any other Advent season before, for many, there has been unrest rather than peace and joy. So try as they might, the festive atmosphere of the Christmas season has eluded them thus far this year. Do you know people like that out there? It doesn't matter all the Christmas music playing and all the singing and everything. All the Christmas parties at work, if you don't have a job, it doesn't mean much to you, does it? It's, it's one thing to walk into a store to pick up the bare necessities and to see all the Christmas decorations laid out and know that if those aren't for you, you're worried about bread and milk. You're not worried about whether your house is lit up. You may not even own a house to light up. That's the circumstances of a lot of folks out there. I know in our own household, as as the Christmas presents we'd ordered for the kids and the grandkids began to arrive at the front door, in an embarrassing quantity, when you have 10 grandkids and six kids plus their spouses, it tends to get a little nutty, even if you only buy one per, you know what I mean? I recalled, as I saw this abundance showing up on the door, not expensive, but just a lot, just because of the numbers of people we're talking about here. Let's just say that our quiver is full, Angela and, and I. As, as, as I saw this, I recalled the seasons past when, when I had lamented that there didn't seem to be any newness in the season for me. Have you been there? And that the joys of the season might be resigned to old memories of Christmases gone by, of Christmases past. And and I can recall in days gone by wondering if what the world calls the holiday doldrums were going to continue for me into Christmases to come. And maybe some of you are there this year. Maybe you have family that's there with the weight of your circumstances seemingly more prevalent than the joy of the season. Are you with me? One of my favorite stories during Advent centers around a relatively recent discovery in the Holy Land. I may have told this to you before, but if I did, no apologies because it's a great story for Advent. Just a few years ago, there was a group of archaeologists. I love biblical archaeology. And they were excavating in the Judean wilderness and they found hundreds of seeds from date palms that grew in that region 2,000 years ago. Can you imagine? Dried seeds, 2,000 years old. Found them in a clay pot that had been sealed and buried in the desert sand. And this Judean date palm which has been extinct for centuries through the historical record as it was written about this fruit that is produced on the Judean date palm. It was a large, sweet fruit, and it had medicinal properties. Don't know what they were, but it was healthy, and it was sweet, and there was a lot of it And so these archaeologists wondered, with the help of some agricultural experts, if the ancient seeds could be made to grow and once again produce fruit. So long story short, in 2008, they managed to germinate a seed. And then another, and then another, until they had had 32 planted seeds, of which six actually germinated. And then miraculously, one of the trees, one, grown from this 2,000-year-old dried seed, it bore fruit. And guess what they were? They were large, sweet dates. And they were high in iron and vitamin C. Medicinal. Healthy. Just as history had recorded that they should be. This 2,000-year-old seed produced fruit. And you might be thinking, that's really great, Pastor, but what does it have to do with our circumstances and joy? Well, there's an Advent message in that story for us. The message is rejoice. Rejoice. The seeds that God has created, if we will just take time to plant them, will bear fruit in his perfect timing and in his perfect way. He commands us to bury the seeds and have faith in the outcome of our effort. Plant the seeds of faith out there and have faith that the God who created the seeds will bring forth the fruit And it will be bigger and sweeter than you could hope for or imagine. God's timing is always perfect. His ways are higher than our ways. And when he says rejoice, you better believe there's cause for rejoicing. And so the Advent season is full of emotions for us. And if you're in some way suffering this Advent season, maybe from illness or from financial strain or from the loss of someone dear to you or for whatever reason, your human condition is not allowing you to see the joy that God has for you. If joy is not the first thing you think of as the Christmas season advances. Paul is here to remind us to count it all joy, as it says in James's epistle. Listen to what James write. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete in your faith, lacking in nothing. That's good advice. Thank you, James. And so no matter what emotional ride you are on this season, let the underlying current of all of that be joy in all circumstances because the hope and the love that Jesus brings to us is reason enough for us to rejoice. And all of that together bears fruit and gives us peace. Not just any peace, but the peace that passes all understanding. Have you ever thought about what that phrase that we all the peace that passes all understanding? We say it like we're saying pass the salt. A peace that passes all understanding is a peace that you have because your spirit is in communion with the Holy Spirit and no matter what the condition and circumstances you are going through in this life, no matter what they are, the peace that Christ brings is bigger than all Peace brings joy always. You see the banners hope, love, joy, peace. We have them in a certain order, but there is no order except for that. They all work together in harmony. Christ is all of these things and Christ brings all of these things. Hope, love, joy and peace. These are qualities of Christ, and because you are Christians and you have the Holy Spirit that resides in you, you have these qualities within you as well. All of those together bear fruit that brings peace and that peace is the peace that's only possible through our abiding in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So rejoice. And again I say, rejoice. The God of peace has come. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Come back again next week for a new message. And until then, may God bless you and keep you.